When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Hope you had a good weekend, a happy Monday to you. On Saturday, Cherries fans, they produced a raucous atmosphere in the evening as one of our own, Chris Billum-Smith, defended his European and Commonwealth Cruiserweight titles in a thunderous battle with Isaac Chamberlain at the Big. Absolutely superb night. It did, however, come on a day where AFC Bournemouth's pre-season preparations came to a close and it was a bit of a damp score after a disappointing 2-1 defeat against Real Sociedad. Nice to see Rico again, though. However, on the Sunday night, oh my goodness, the Lionesses brought it home, just been looking at the BBC website. Apparently, 17 million people tuned in to see them beat Germany 2-1 at Wembley with the largest crowd ever for a European tournament. Men, women, whatever. I mean, that is absolutely superb. Really, really good game and what a statement it is going forward for women's football. I think Gabby Logan's closing statement said it all. If you can get down to a WSL game, but hey, why not support the Bournemouth ladies team as well? The women's team uh, play at Ringwood Town FC and they're improving the facilities there all the time. Why not get down and support them as they vie for promotion? Superb stuff from the ladies there. But this episode is all about the men's side. And look, ahead of what looks to be an enthralling roller coaster season myself Tiggs and Tom we were at the pair at parley in order to analyze AFC Bournemouth's incomings and outgoings whilst also taking an honest look at where Cherry's recruitment team might really need to do some work later on in the show also we'll be going over the 10 things that premier league sides can expect to see from a very much changed AFC Bournemouth this season but for now let's go over who's in and who's out and analyse our squad. (laughs) 
Hello Cherries fans and welcome to Back of the Net. This is The Lowdown with myself, Sam Davis. Me, Tom Jordan. And I'm Tiggs. Tiggs, not so long to go until the Premier League season starts. How are you feeling? Yeah, good man. I'm not, not nervous really. I just want to get there. Just want to get there for that first kick of the ball on the 6th of August. I'm really looking forward to it. Gotta just get the season started now. It feels like it's just kind of dragging a little bit. Yeah, yeah I just want to kick it off now, like Tig says. Um, yeah, no expectations really going into the Premier League. Um, and yeah, I'm just intrigued to see what we do and what, what changes are made. And just, But yeah, just like Tig says, just go and watch the football again, mate. Can't wait. So this is the lowdown. So of course you'll remember every time we have a new signing, we'll do a lowdown show. But because our transfer activity has been mm, sparse to say the least, we've put it all together in one show. Plus we're going to analyse the squad we've got, see where we need to be strengthening and see how it will work this season. Because the pre-season friendlies probably indicate, Tiggs, that there may be a few changes with the way we play. Yeah, he's certainly tinkering around, isn't he? And trying something else out. It's, he has said in the press that he thinks that we're going to have to set up differently this season in order to get anything uh, from it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. We've seen uh, a few friendlies. We've seen even the, um, the the youth setup, the younger teams as well, playing a different formation to what they played mm. last season. So there's definite push in a new direction. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll reiterate what Tig says, but I think it's... Scott's probably looking at it and going, you know, we're not going to have the ball like we had the ball last season. So we're going to have to adapt a little bit. And I was saying off-air that I think... Maybe with the fact that he's obviously been in the Premier League with Fulham, he's going to have learned stuff, uh, and hopefully that's that's a good thing because you know they obviously went down, um, and maybe he's looking at looking at different things. Going the experience I've got there, what did I need to change to have made it work? And that's what he's trying to do. So yeah, it remains to be seen, but at the moment it definitely looks like we'll be changing a few bits and bobs. So if you go to the transfer market website, you can have a list of all the players that have left the club. And look, there are some that are split over the two seasons. So it looks like we haven't actually lost that many personnel. But compared to the end of last season, mm. there are actually quite a few. I'm going uh, to do a little something with you now. Right. Okay. Out of 10, mm. how much do you miss our departures? And okay. I'm going to give you a player. 10 being you really miss them. 10 being you really miss them. One being, you're not so fussed that they've gone. Okay. Now, obviously, this would change based on the fact that we might have made some more signings to replace them, in which yeah. case you wouldn't be so bothered. But firstly, Robbie Brady. Um, it's a weird one, really, because I don't think... I mean, he didn't have... Uh, Swansea, that was it, the Swansea game. And did I think he could make the step up? Probably not. But at the moment, recording, he'd probably be quite handy because he's versatile. Five. I'll go right in the middle because I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, he's, he was a, an interesting player for us to sign. I never really played a lot for us, but, you know, not talking too much about next season yet, but going in, looking at what we've got so far in that position. Premier League experience as well. Premier League experience, we yeah. Of, so. Is Zeno Ibsen Rossi gone permanently, which mm. I'm quite surprised. Is it Cambridge? Yes, Cambridge. Cambridge yeah. gone to. Uh, I was quite surprised. I thought, you know, given our position now, with a lack of central defenders, I thought that he might be one that we might send on loan. But no, he showed some promise in the championship as well. He did. He played a bit. He played a big part. You know, when we yeah. were down to the bare bones, so to speak, and before Kale come in, and he never really put a foot wrong. I think people look at that. Was it the Coventry game where he come on a sub and didn't do very well? But all in all, we come out of nowhere and was brilliant. Um, yeah, I was surprised just because I, I didn't think he was a Premier League player yet. But I thought loan deal, and then if we were to go down, he could be quite crucial mm. in the championship. I think, but. Um, yeah, a bit of a weird. I think if it was a loan, I would say 
like one because I think that's right. Because mm. it's permanent, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I agree. So I'll, but do we need him in the Premier League? Probably not. I'll go, yeah, four five yeah. for for Ibsen, I think. But I do like him, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean we're talk- we, we, I mean we're just talking about departures and how it means as a departure. As a departure, yeah, I go the same with Tom. You know, as long as you get some more defenders in to take the place of those squad players. Mm. We won't talk about Gav Kilkenny in terms of scoring him. We can recall him, of course. He's gone on loan to Stoke City, but he is a player we've effectively lost for a bit. Uh, Gary Cahill-Tiggs was always one that was never really going to be part of our Premier League squad. But now in hindsight, do, do you think like one more season or would have that been a bit too much for him? I would have, personally. Really? Well, looking at what we're looking at now going in, we've got a week left, haven't we? Mm. week left till the season starts-ish. So, uh, yeah, I would have kept him on personally. Yeah, it's a really tricky one, isn't it? I, I never thought he would, so it doesn't feel like we've lost him because I always felt he was going to, because of the way the season ended. He was, but I expected to get more centre halves in, like you say. So right now, I mean, I'll take any centre half. I'll take Sylvain Distan. So yeah, but he hasn't got a club yet, as far as I'm aware. No. So, and I would have thought he'd have offers. So yeah. I'm wondering if there is a phys- I think we saw, didn't we? We don't need to go into it too much. That when he had a knock and then he come back, back he wasn't, it? yeah, he wasn't quite quite right, but. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably a little bit lower than the others on that. I'll probably be like a four or something. But I agree with Tiggs. Right now, any centre-half so, and Premier League experience again. Now, of course, we had Nat Phillips on loan yeah. who, who really gelled into the system coming and he bought and he really bought into the whole philosophy. And I thought that he would probably be here right now as a loan signing or maybe even a permanent. But it sounded like initially Liverpool maybe wanted too much money. Yeah. But still doesn't seem to be any sign of him being at Dean Court and I think he's going to be a big miss for us yeah, completely definitely I mean he started to form a really nice partnership with Kelly uh, it started to work really really well especially after you know we were all wondering why Gary Cahill wasn't playing mm. and then uh, you know we managed to replace him and now we've got neither so uh, for me he's, he's a big miss so I, you know I'd go I'd go to a seven or an eight here mm. I think yeah I'd agree I was gonna say I was gonna say about an eight um, but I'm hopeful it's not dead yet he hasn't gone anywhere there's for me, I'd be absolutely shocked if he stays a Liverpool player, whether that be he only gets a loan or leaves permanently. I mean, he's never going to get a kick. Um, it's whether there's other clubs going round. It's whether we want permanent or they want permanent or, you know, one wants yeah. a loan. We don't know. But I'm hopeful that's not dead yet and we could still get him back because I think he, when he come in, Parker trusted him, didn't he? And he even showed little leadership qualities out there as well. Yeah. And I thought he just started to jail, like Tig said, with, with Kelly. So I'd, I'd definitely not be averse to getting him back. I, I really hope we do. Um, and he's still young as well and he's got a lot of experience at a young age playing for Liverpool and playing in the Champions League so right now I'm really missing him so yeah about an eight but I'm quietly confident in some capacity we might get him back okay uh, Leif Davis as well hmm. uh, he, he's he gone back and then since then he's gone to Ipswich now hasn't he Ipswich that's it yeah League One and League they should one. be they should be fighting at the top of League One and that makes perfect sense Yeah, I think he could probably do it at Championship level to be fair I mean he, he and us weren't to know what Zamora would be like and that was kind of, you know, detriment to him. But top league one left back, I think he will be. I saw Ipswich fans asking Bournemouth fans that on Twitter yeah. and stuff, and everyone was saying the same. So, but do I miss him loads? Probably not, no. because I think Jay Z's better. And at the moment, we could do with a, a backup, to be yeah. fair. Mm. But um, no, I think that's a good move for him, and I didn't expect us to keep hold of him, to be honest. So, probably a three or four with, mm. with Leaf. But. As we keep saying, at the moment, <laughs> that's only if we get someone in that can compete with Jay-Z. Maybe yeah, similar cool. with Ethan Laird, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't really see him too much, did we? We saw him off camera, yeah. well, on camera, but off the pitch in the dressing room, being 
uh, quite a shining light amongst the lads. But other than that, on the yeah. pitch, didn't, didn't see too much from him. There was a lot of rumours when we got him that it might be like a two-year loan mm. deal, that we'd, we'd get him again for another season. But he, again, he didn't really push who we had in that position already, mm. a bit like Leaf wasn't able to. So uh, I'd go the same, really, same numbers. Mm. It's just, it looks like a really good player, probably going to have a great career, but not really right for us right now. Right, so. just want a score from you. Just want a score and that's it. Freddie Woodman. Zero. <laughs> Todd Cantwell, Tiggs. Uh, three. And then finally, Morgan Rogers, Tom. Minus four. No, I'm, I don't want to be too harsh. Uh, yeah, zero. Never that. So those, those are all players that we've no longer got. We've lost We've lost a number. How many is that? Eight, nine, maybe even ten? Yeah. yeah. We've replaced them with two slash three incoming. So let's talk about the players that we've got in for this season. And the first of which was revealed, I think it was on the 22nd of June, Ryan Fredericks. Yeah. Now then, Tom, mm. shall we give the behind the scenes view from a certain former Cherry's gaffer on Ryan Fredericks? Because whilst on camera, he was fairly nonplussed. He's, he's not convinced. He's convinced that he's got a lot of work to do to fit into Scott's system. Yeah, I think um, Harry kind of said that when he when he had Fredericks, I think it was at Tottenham, one that that he couldn't work out. He said he, he wasn't really defensively good enough for us to be a fullback, mm. but he definitely wasn't good enough to be a winger. Kind of maybe wing back, which now, as we alluded to, yeah. the system might make more sense. But yeah, he he was surprised that we'd gone with Ryan Fredericks, mm. um, and also his fitness and injury record, which we already realise yeah. has come to fruition there. But listen, I think it's. I never mind when you, when you get a player that obviously we've got in Ryan Fredericks. And I'm not going to pretend I know a great deal about Scott Parker's worked with him and played with him. So there's a there's got to be a level of trust there, and I I never mind. But if a manager gets a player they've worked with before, I think well he must there must be something. He must yeah. trust him. He's not going to bring in a player that he knows and thinks he'll let him okay. down. Why would you do that? So and there was a bit of experience there. He played in the he played in Europe last season when when West Ham needed him. So. It's probably more for squad depth. It feels a little bit reminiscent to the Robbie Brady side and a bit of Premier League experience. Probably won't play week in, week out. We'll probably get some injuries, but it could be beneficial to squad to the squad. But remains to be seen. Uh, but we'll probably, if we play the system, utilise that wing-back role. And maybe we're also thinking with Smith, he's only got the last year. Mm. You know, if worst comes to worst and we were to go down, we would we, he would maybe stick around for another year, but who knows. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, really. When you go to the Premier League, you think, OK, we need to improve the squad. Does he improve? Does he improve? Is he an improvement on anybody else that we've got? He's not really. I mean, he played, as you say, he played a couple of years for Parker, didn't he? So he must know his, yeah. know him really well, know him inside out. But uh, I don't know. Mm. For me, I, you know, the jury's out. I'm sure he, he could be a great squad player. But do we want to be buying squad players, or do we want to be buying someone who's actually going to push for a? Yeah. Now he was seen hobbling away from the Portugal training camp on a on a separate flight which came back into Bournemouth Airport on the Sunday and since then he's been pictured few and far between certainly not on the latest training photos along with someone else as well which indicates that you know that's that well that's certainly a worry as the season approaches but he's on a two-year deal the 29 year old he made 77 appearances for the Hammers after signing for them in 2018 and like you say he was part of a squad that reached the Europa League semi-final and that you know that's that's something to shout about it was a Craven Cottage where Fredericks enjoyed two seasons playing alongside Scott Parker and he became the Cherries coaches head coach's first signing to be followed up Tiggs a couple of days later by a guy who 
we signalled our interest yeah. in mm. previously, it seemed to, to coin a Love Island phrase, turn his head. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, it is what it is. But, and then he's... Is he your type on paper? That's what <laughs> <laughs> But he went off the boil after that, didn't he? He did indeed, yeah. And um, it's, it's an interesting thing, really, because if I'm honest, I felt that when we were being linked with him, great if we got him but it was great that we got him because it was going to weaken a promotion rival that's why i was in all honesty without meaning it sounds sneaky and underhanded that yeah, excited me more than the fact of him coming in because i couldn't see where he was going to fit into our team you know when we signed all those other players that was a frantic january window for us so yeah for me yeah on paper but mm. it, it feels like a bit of an unknown quantity because you're right his season did sort of tail off but then that team's season tailed off yeah. I think what's uh, probably uh, weirdly now a good thing like Tig said about Blackburn were going for automatics with us they didn't yeah. make the playoffs mm. and that almost coincided I think Brett and Diaz got an injury to yes. be fair. Yep. but it also coincided with Rothwell's health being turned and he won on it which shows how crucial Rothwell must have been to them because mm. when he was playing they were absolutely flying yeah. um, we've only seen glimpses but the glimpses are good it's probably been the main plus point of pre-season is yeah. Joe Rothwell he's, he's uh, probably be better than, than I expected him to be. I'm not sure if he's how attack minded he is as a centre midfielder. Would, is he able to play the two? Does he need to play in the bidding role? Number I 10? think the bidding role. Well, yeah. I mean, based on the 90 minutes that I saw at Bristol City, I thought he played in that role and it was on that more side advanced. as well. Yeah, just slightly more advanced. He was getting in between the lines quite a lot, spreading the ball out, and he's very confident on the ball. He was one of yeah. the standout players in the first half. He tailed off a bit in the second half, but if that's what we can expect, that's great. I just wonder making that step up to the Premier League, how, how efficient he'll be. He'll but be hungry to do it. I, w I would I have thought, so. you know, look at the size of the clubs, you know, Blackburn, the Bournemouth. I mean, he obviously is doing it to try and get that Premier League. You know, he thinks, oh, I want to have a crack at the Premier League. He's been, been around the block. I think he, did he, uh, was he a youngster with Pearson at uh, Yeah, he was. Man yeah, they're so, like, good mates, yeah. Yeah, both probably similar because Pearson was at Preston, but they both probably think with Bournemouth, we can have this crack. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good motivator for Rothwell. And to be honest, I think that's a, Similarly with Fredericks, I think it's probably more squad depth than yeah. a guaranteed starter. But I think Rothwell's a little bit higher. Will you know he's potential if he's fit to, to maybe open the season with us. So yeah, 27. I'm kind of a little bit like, why is he not knocked on that Premier League door yet? Yeah. But equally, you know, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm a bit more intrigued to see what he's what he's about. I'm quite excited by him. He's on a four-year deal. Four-year deal. Nah, yeah. So okay. he signed on the south coast until 30th of June 2026. Do you think that part of the this particular signing was almost like um, trying to protect yourself in case we get relegated? Because obviously we know that he's got the quality in the championship, and he's he he's not a Premier League quality player. Well, we, like we don't know that yet. Like he could well be, but we certainly yeah. know that he can hit the ground running in the Premier League in the championship. Yeah, I mean he's not he's. We said it. Look, he's not better than what we have already. I think, really, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm speaking out of turn here, but I just feel that like every signing that we make or attempt to make are, you know, good for championship without draining the bank if we get relegated. But you know, that's just my perception of how things are going transfer-wise. At what level of Premier League club do you think that signings are being made with a consideration of championship? Uh, do, you, do you reckon like yeah, how many what, teams do you reckon are doing that? You know, Fulham probably are. Forest arguably aren't. I don't think Forest are. No, I mean, Forest obviously they they needed to to strengthen anyway. They lost a lot of players from the um, promotion team. They had a few loans and the goalkeeper went etc. 
Um, so they were always going to do a bit. But yeah, it seems to be higher profile and more to improve the eleven rather than the squad. I think. Yeah, I, I never felt. I always felt we had a, we've got numbers. Yeah. We've got a big squad. I didn't think we needed strength of the squad so much. I think we needed more to you know add quality to the eleven, and that's not what we're yeah. doing at the moment. Um, it does feel like that. That's that's my concern. Is it feels like players that if we were to go down would would give us a good chance of going back up. Makes sense, I guess, because you got to think about that to a degree. But I'd like us to have a bit more of a crack and maybe go for a little bit more quality. But you don't know. There might be a list of hundred players, and we just keep missing out on them because mm. we're we're at the we're at the bottom of the pile really for for Premier League players. So it's not easy. But yeah, then they're not exciting, are they? Signings. Maybe it's a history thing here, and that you know under. Eddie always comes up in our videos, isn't his name? Under Eddie, we we never really signed players to be ready for the championship. We always signed players that we thought yeah. we'd be able to use in the Premier League, or we had enough value that we could sell them and make a lot of money. So um, this is a very different shift, isn't it, in kind of mentality? Yeah. But then we've got other things that we want to do. Or, so if, you, or if when together. you got Eddie, you got if you got players that weren't, you thought, oh, they don't improve the eleven. But that's because they're 20 years of age. Yeah, and, exactly. And long yeah. We just Ryan Fredericks and Joe Roth are 27 and 29. So yeah. that's that's not long term. That's very short term. But mm. it's short term that doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to improve our eleven. So and when you add that to Suriki Dembele yeah. and Keith Moore, which are excellent players, they are excellent, excellent championship players. But you know they're untested. Well, I know Keith has played a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he done bits and bobs, hasn't he? But yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like I think we've said that before. Uh, I, said, I said it before to Tiggs that we. You know, if we were to go, I don't want to talk about it too much, but if we were to go down, you'd straight away you'd go, well, Solanke, Billin, Lerma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've Lloyd bought, Kelly, maybe. Lloyd Kelly, maybe. Uh, Smith be out of contract. You're going, well, you've got Smith sorted because Fredericks is there for two years. Yeah. Um, if Solanke goes, well, that's why we bought Keith Moore because he could do it in the championship. If Lerma and Billing go, well, we've bought him Rothwell and then maybe another player from Middlesbrough. It feels a little bit too much like that for my liking. But, you know, yeah. who knows? It's just speculation at the moment. They might be brilliant, aren't they? Well, it was certainly a masterstroke because we unsettled Blackburn season. The, the fees were rumoured to be around a couple of a million at that mm. point in time, and then we got them for no cost at all, yeah. which was superb. And he appeared in 161 matches for Blackburn, four years at the club. He was developed in Man United's academy. But in the summer of 2018, he arrived at Blackburn Rovers, went from strength to strength, and his last campaign, that was his best yet, with 43 appearances, 38 starting with three goals and 10 assists as well. So, not amazing in terms of the goals, but in terms of the assists, yeah. I'm sure someone like Brighton Diaz must have, uh, you know, really reaped the rewards of that. Yeah. And I think we've we've probably asked someone like that. I don't look too much at the goal. They had a goal scorer, didn't they? Mm. They they had a a goal scorer in Brighton Diaz, so they needed him to do them assist numbers and be creative, and he obviously was, so... Yeah, I think I'm, I'm relatively excited about Brothwell. And then the latest player through the door then, Tiggs? Yeah, it's it's very much a uh, time of recording. Should have happened by now, shouldn't it? it I haven't, be, I haven't yeah. checked my phone. Yeah, it's got to be close. Yeah, um, yeah Mr. Tavener. Now, he, um, there's been a lot of to and throwing for him. We've, we've been in for him for the whole window, really, haven't we? Yeah. Since the season ended, it seems like we were linked with him. And there's been some bidding wars as well, by the sounds of it. A couple of clubs interested, yeah, I, Forest, etc. I mean, maybe. How old is Tavener? Yeah, how old is Tavener? Do you know what Tavener's gone? Have a little quick, go on, oh, get I'll a quick look. Because I'll have a quick. How old does he fit in with that guess. squad? Go on, then. go on. I'm gonna go 25. 23. Okay, younger. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Like that. 1999. Wow. Wow. Slow, but yeah, he's been pitching in Bournemouth and look, he looks yeah. like he's 
he's undergone his medical pending photos, etc. He will be playing in a red and black zigzaggedy shirt very, <laughs> very, very shortly. But uh, this is a player that, it, you know, it seems can play in, in, in not just one position. Yeah, he can play in like three or four, I think. So he's left footed. So, uh, but he generally likes to play in the, the centre of the, the midfield. But because he's very good on his left foot, I think he's got a bit, bit about him in terms of his pace. He's quite often pushed out to the wings. Mm. So he can play either on the wing or wing back. Um, which, again, kind of sort of fits with what we're kind of creating here. Would he, would he de-seat Zamora? I don't know. I don't know how good he is in that position. But It's an option there, though, isn't it, like you say? Yeah. He's probably, yeah, I think, like I said, I think he's probably more of like an eight uh, midfielder. It's probably where, you know, without knowing, probably where he likes playing the most. But I think there was times where in a, when... Four four two seemed to be more, yeah. you know, used. He was more left wing, yeah. Um, and then I think it was, yeah, last season with Borough because they had um, Isaiah Jones on the right, yeah. and uh, he was often the left wing back. Which so that makes more sense to me because I think well we haven't got anyone really. I mean Smith could do it, but naturally competing with Zamora, he obviously could do that. But equally, he could play a, a number of positions, and and we've seen we've done, we've done that before. We've done that. I think Ryan Christie's got a bit of that in him. I think Robbie Brady had a bit of that in him. Where you're getting players, Ethan Laird as well, that you think oh they could fill a few gaps if needed. Yeah. Um, which is which is always handy, always helpful, and he's certainly one that seems like he's been rated highly in the championship for a number of seasons. So, and his age excites me more because yeah. I think when well, at that age you think there's there's a clear you know we don't know what that ceiling is yet. So, um, and Middlesbrough, I've had a few Middlesbrough fans on on Twitter and stuff are definitely not happy to see him go because they're going to no, okay. they they want to push, That's they want to be in that top six, don't they? Yeah, they think they could build, they they could have built yeah. the, the team around him. What you know, that's 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 what they kind of regard him as, and they they look at it as very much a sideways move. A lot of Middlesbrough fans because they think obviously we're not going to be, in their opinion, hanging around the Premier League very long, so he might it might come back to bite him. So he's he's been given uh, a, a few unfair uh, penalties, in my opinion, because like you know. They've been throwing him in the camp that we did with Ryan Fraser. Yeah. The words they've been throwing around. Yeah, so I only don't get got that. Ten million plus for him. Yeah, it looks like cut a million bad, hours, but it? This happens all the time, doesn't it? Like people say, but why are they doing that move to the Premier League when we we're probably one of the favourites to go up and they'll go down? But that's that's not a given. Whereas this is a given. Yeah. Yeah. Josh King left us for Watford. Yeah. yeah. What happened there? Yeah. He went straight back down and we've gone up. So now yeah. everyone's going. Well, you're a bit of it, but we didn't know that. No yeah. one knew that. So yeah, it. I, I get what they're saying because they're going to be going for the top, whereas we're probably going to be scrapping at the bottom. But it, it makes sense for him. He's still young and he probably, you know, again, is looking at it that, well, you know, I want, I want to have that crack. I want that guaranteed crack at the Premier League. So, yeah, excited about it without thinking, will he walk his other side? Probably not. It's another side that I think doesn't straight away improve no. us 11. You can see why Kilkenny went out on loan, though, can't you? No, Crumbs. Yeah. I mean, how many central midfielders have we got now? Yeah, yeah no, yeah. one that. Which, again, I'm sure we'll allude to that system and trying to be a little bit more narrow yeah. in the pitch maybe. So what we're going to do then, we're going to take a look at the current squad as it is Tom and Tiggs and we're going to sort of try to work out who's who's going to be part of this squad now in the Premier League. I don't know. How many is it in the Premier League you've got in your squad and does it count under 21s and stuff? Under 21s don't count. They, do they? don't count. Is I, it 25? I, yes, normally is but I don't want to be too definite on that just because of the World Cup they've extended because okay. of the right. COVID stuff and all that and the okay. five sub rule now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might have been extended without knowing, but yes, it's around that, innit? But yeah, anyone under 20, 21, you can register for nothing anyway. So in terms of goalkeepers in and around the first team squad, we're going by the afcb.co.uk website, okay? And then any loose rumours surrounding keepers that may be training with us, etc. Yeah. So obviously we've got Travers, Will Dennis, yeah. S Smithies. 
yeah. has been training with us, and also Jonas Lossall in yeah. Portugal for a bit. He played in, he played in both games Portugal, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I think he played half. So I think he was the only one that let in. Actually, I don't think Travis conceded in Portugal. Right. Um, but yeah, he's got a bit of experience. We're saying that he. I think when Huddersfield first went up and were a revelation, really, under, was it Wagner? Um, What's the usual thing, sorry? Is it three keepers in a squad, in a Premier League squad? Yeah, is, but, is that, but, yeah but then off, under, but end of 21s, yeah. you can pick up and whoever, can't you? So okay. Quite often the third is, is yeah. not needs to be registered anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I would have liked to have thought that the feeling would be Travers deserves the right to be the number yeah. one, obviously. Yeah. We get in someone, whether it's a, a young upcoming keeper or a real experience that's happened yeah. to be the number two, and then we send Will Dennis out on loan yeah. um, with, to make sure that if we got any injuries, we could recall him, etc. Yeah. Right now, Dennis is on the bench for the yeah. first game because the yeah. other two ain't signed, Smithies and Lossall. But they both make sense for a backup keeper. Yeah. It's gonna be, I know people would say they're not. It's going to be very difficult to get a top goalkeeper to sit on the bench. Very difficult. Woodman obviously went to Preston, yeah. so he wanted an option. Yeah. Um, Lossall and Smithies both make sense without being too exciting. But equally, I don't want someone that's going to be the number one and Travis sit on the bench he had a number yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and there's no point getting a loan in because who wants to loan a player to us if they're going to sit on our bench you know that's what's happened with goalkeepers in the past and that's so why women didn't come back exactly I'm really pleased for, for Travis really because I think you know, a year ago it looked like Parker was trying to line someone else up because he maybe didn't know mm. Travis that well didn't think he'd you know, be able to do it uh, and then in January we're still we're looking at trying to get somebody in and now it looks like he's grabbed it with both hands and it's his I, I can't see um, anyone else kind of stepping into that mm. and well deserved like he's been brilliant and he does have Premier League experience. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, I, I think ideally I would probably like a, an experienced goalkeeper that's happy to be the number two and kind of really improve Travs. Well, like yeah. a Ben Foster or something. Like a Ben Foster of the Foscard, of the Foscast. And um, cycling GK. I yeah. bet. But um, yeah, that sort of kid. I think I remember when Ramsdale, you've got to remember when Ramsdale had that first season for us, yeah. and it was in the Premier League. We'd never seen him. Mm. He'd been out and loaded at Wimbledon. But Boric was sat there. Mm. And. I, I always like that because you think worst case scenario, you're gonna Boric's gonna come in, not let you yeah. down. So Smithy's training with us, he's in his thirties, I believe, mm. makes sense. Got a little bit of experience in the Premier League and a lot in the Championship, so that would make sense. I'd be happy with with Smithy's or if they went for Lossell, to be honest. Um, yeah, Eva would be happy. Which you just have to trust the goalkeeping department and the staff and Scott that they know they know which one in around the group and will be helpful if we needed them. But hopefully, no injuries to Travs and he has another good season. So it's fair to say there's there is work to do in the goalkeeping department yeah. in terms of trying to get someone in. You've got to okay. get somebody in. Yeah. Work to do, lads. Right. Okay. And what we're going to do? We can split the rest of the side up. Uh, right wing back, centre backs, left wing back, centre midfielders, attacking midfielders, and then your forwards. So yep. on okay. the right side. The voted one of the sexiest players in the league or something. The, won the league. The, he won Lee. Premier Leagues. Yeah. I mean, nothing against you, Jack. I think we think you're a melt, an absolute delight, mm. dreamboat. But what? what? Apparently, know. it's to do with face symmetry. We'll have to do a video on it. He has got a symmetrical <laughs> face, <laughs> to be fair. Oh, Emmy Marcondes must be rattled. How has he not won that? Just imagine yeah. Stacey, like Jack Stacey, going on, like on Love Island, and you know the girls on there, like. You know, you've, you've got such a symmetrical face. Yeah, I can draw a line down it. It's brilliant. Wow. I yeah. mean, the amount he keeps seeing more right-backs coming into the club, he might fancy going to the Villa, to be honest. Um, he really doesn't seem to have the trust of Parker, in my opinion. But he's obviously one of the right-wing-back options, along with Adam Smith and Ryan Fredericks, who we brought in. So we seem quite strong there. Yeah. We do seem quite strong there. But all very different sort of players. I mean, I don't. Yeah, we can't do it out of Fredericks that well. No. But, you know, Smith's going to cut inside. He's yeah. going to hold the ball up a little bit. He's going to yeah. really bad. 
Stacy, you know, he's just going to whip down that line, isn't he? Mm. Um, Fredericks, apparently, Fredericks is like extremely fast. Yeah, like ridiculously, so. you know. I, I made that sort of um, comparison with um, Adam Smith and Jack Stacy being like two chess pieces. So, like, you know, Jack Stacy is just the one that Josh is yeah. yeah. like, you know, like in line. He's a rook. Is that a rook? Where, whereas Adam Smith is like the queen, he can go anywhere. Yeah, or well, the bishop. I'm sure Adam Smith's watching this thinking, thanks for calling me a queen, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so that's the right side. And that, you know, that's one of Ryan Fredericks' role. And I'm sure we'll, we'll pick up on other places that he could be yeah. on the pitch. But so centre-backs, Chris Meppham, Lloyd yeah. Kelly... Yeah. yeah, Tom Jordan, Sam Davis, <laughs> James Hill. Yeah. Then yeah. you've got Adam Smith that could fill in as right centre back if needed, in as he's done yeah. in a couple of friendlies so far. But also Jefferson Lerma, who's come back a few times. Yeah. Which is what I don't want because we no. know that he's he's one of our strongest midfielders. To put you know to bring him back there would seriously weaken our midfield. But I'm hoping that's just a stopgap. But why would you do it for friendlies? Well, we ain't got just practice, just in well, case. If you're going to play that that sort of thing, and when he's played it in the past, he certainly the central one of the three that he's playing in the centre back needs to be able to play with the ball. They he's need to be able to come out, out yeah. you know, pass. So I think that's probably why he's, he's practicing Lerma there because at the yeah. minute you haven't got any other options. No, I agree. And I think you look at. I'm trying to think of kind of to obviously a lot play with that back three now. I think a, a one that a lot of people would know would be like England, for example, play that back three. John Stone is often in that centre because he's very comfortable coming yeah. out of the ball. Um, you know, so maybe that's why they've, they've used Lerma in there. And don't get me wrong, Lerma would do a job in there. Lerma's a, an experienced player and he is decent on the ball, but I think you, you lose Lerma's greatest qualities putting him in there. Um, and I wouldn't... I mean, he'd probably do a job, you forget how much experience he's got, but Adam Smith, right centre-back... Are you if if that's happening? I'm the opposition manager. I'm, we saw it at West Brom, didn't we? Yeah. You, you get your big man. You, you just you yeah. target yourself on on Smithy there. But um, I'm hoping this is because I mean we're gonna get centre backs. Well, I tell you yeah. what, Colombia aren't gonna play Jeff and Salerno at centre back, no. are they? I mean that's a. Is it, is it worth saying that the transfer window, of course, doesn't shut on August the seventh, and we have got a start of the season. Apart from say Aston Villa at home, which is horrible, you really could horrible. almost write those games off. So maybe he's just—it's almost a case of damage limitation for the first three, four games, and then maybe there'll be some activity then. Who can bed in to the right position and put Jefferson Lerma back where he should be? I don't know. Potentially, um, you, you don't know what's happening. Whether we've tried to get players in, it's just kind of fell through. And I, I would have yeah. thought they would have hoped to have got centre half in by now. Um, I. I I think ideally every manager really, I think if you were to ask them, would rather get all the players they wanted before kind of you go on your, your trip to Portugal or whatever mm. to get them all bedded in with the group. We know Tig said it off air, Scott Parker's known. Yeah. Um, I know just just from Bournemouth, he's, I mean, he gets everyone late, doesn't he? I mean, he come into the club quite late and then I think Christy Lowe, Kale all come in late. Um, deadline day in January was mad. He didn't really bring mm. in many before that. And then Tig said to me earlier that he'd done very similar at Fulham. So for Fulham, yeah. So, Maybe that is a thing. Maybe it's a bargaining tool as well. You know, if, if Liverpool go and you can have Nat Phillips, 15 million, and Parker might be saying to the board, he ain't going to go anywhere else. Just we get him for eight in the last day. Yeah, yeah, just leave it. And, you know, that would make sense as well. But my concern right now is natural centre halves, Lloyd Kelly, happy days, captain of the club. Chris Meppen, well, he was struggling to get on the bench last season mm. yeah. in the Championship. James Hill had played one minute of Championship football, mm. zero Premier League, and a few League One. <laughs> Are we uh, just starting? But right now he's starting the Premier League. Are we just starting this season like we started last? 
are we are we just going to be sort of riding the storm for the first? I mean, it went well. Last well, we it did lose well, yeah, and we get, and we got promoted. Not saying Champions League's going to happen this time round, but there is a distinct difference though in that we had a crop of youngsters, un, un pretty much untested, but very highly thought of. Yeah. that were ready to make a step. Now, whether that was a step with us or whether it was a step out on loan somewhere, we had a group of them. Whereas now we've got a great youth set up, don't get me wrong, but there aren't many of those players who are knocking on the door for a Premier League space. When you think about your, your squad that you're yeah. going to register for the Premier League, there aren't many that, you know, that are training with the first team. And there's a big difference from going to Birmingham on the yeah. second, third game to going to the Etihad. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a difference between Scott Hogan and Erden Haaland is what I'm saying so but yeah listen yeah. right now if we start tomorrow I think you're going Hill, Kelly and Meppham yeah. as your back three which is not ideal but I, I mean I'm convinced we're going to say, and you don't change that sister to a three at the back if you know full well you ain't getting so he's getting at least one I would have liked to have fought two set rafts alright on the left wing back position then uh, Jay-Z yeah um, Tavernier Ad, hopefully ta- yeah Tavernier and Adam Smith who couldn't play on that side yeah we'll probably get another one I'd hope we get somebody in work but I think yeah I think work to do as a natural that's their position because Tavernier yeah he can play there we know that we've been told that we've seen a little bit of it but that's not his it's not the position it's not his bread and butter it's not what he plays week in week out necessarily Adam Smith yeah he's done a job for us there but he's never going to do what no. Jordan Zamora tries to do so I suppose it's all about what Parker wants but if he wants someone who can step in for Jordan Zamora yeah. which I presume that's the order of things that, that Jay-Z comes first then he needs someone who can actually has that those attributes those skills Yeah, I'm not convinced you'll see a, a left wing back come in um, I agree um, but I think the, the sign of Fredericks as well was also with the thought of Moving Smith over. can move over and we've got mm. two options there with Stacey and Fredericks and I think he's got Tavernier can do it if I need to um, and yeah things like that so I, I even think with this system he might even go if I have to for a game Anthony could do it mm. kind of that wing back yeah, role yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think we're going to certainly wouldn't splash cut I think if a loan option becomes available potentially and I think last season showed that when we knew about Zamora going to the African Cup we went oh Brady could do it if we needed him to yeah. so maybe there might be a stopgap there but I, I personally don't think that's going to be priority it will just be if something becomes available loan option alright so centre midfield then we've got Lewis Cook Jefferson Lerma, Ben Pearson, of course the incoming Tavernier. I suppose a mention to Mariah Welsh, although he's not actually listed on AFCB.co.uk, but we know he's, he's there and thereabouts, but probably not going to be no. uh, involved. You know, a lot of people say that we've got uh, a wealth of midfielders. Mm. It seems to be a wealth of attacking midfielders. Yeah, I think the ones you alluded to, is, uh, you're right, they're, they're the kind of central midfielders, kind of the deep line players. Obviously, people would say, well, if we had to, Mark Condes could do it, Rothwell might be able to do it, yeah. Billing might Billing. be able to do yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, Stanislas might be able to do it. And, you know, there's certain players that can maybe do that role. But I think, obviously, we're going to natural positions. The one you'd like a bit deeper would be your, your Lermas, your Pearsons and, and your Lewis Cooks, probably. I think we're going to hope for Lewis Cook. I think this is some, yeah. could be a massive season for him. Huge. I think he's, you know, he's someone that the ceiling was so high and the injuries yeah. have really caught up with him. But we saw last season how crucial he could be. And obviously, I, we'd like to think whether it just be Lewis sat in front of a back three or a double pivot. I think most people would say ideally it would be Lewis and, and Lerma. I think with Rothwell signing and Tavernera could do it if needs be. Certainly not a position I'd expect any more strength in. No. And we've even allowed Kilkenny to go out on loan. And I'm actually really happy with that because I think Kilkenny's been almost too good to go out on loan. Agreed. But not good enough to quite break in, which is, must be hard for him. Yeah. And I think going to Stoke, where they built a team around Joe Allen, 
who's left. Perfect. I think they'll do the same with Kilkenny. I think I think he could be a shining light, and I think we're in a no-brainer there because we either have him back or we're going to say you're going to have to spend a lot of money to have him if you want to sign him. So ideal. So that's a position I think we're probably strong in. The the one interesting one there is Ben Pearson for me because he didn't really Mm. get a good shot last season. He didn't really get many chances. He really needs to take this chance. But he is different to the others in that, you know, his, his range of passing is not quite the same and he doesn't move forward quite the same as the other two will naturally do. So, yeah, he's going to have to really kind of, uh, I don't know, really stamp his authority on, on the game, really, if he's going to get a chance. Otherwise, yeah, I think, I think only, he'll be gone. Yeah, I think the only thing you say, like Pearson and Kilkenny, obviously Kilkenny got probably more minutes. Like, yeah. Actually, yeah. Lost. But Kilkenny, you'd say, what's he good at? On the ball. Yeah. What's Pearson good at? Off the ball. Yeah. Championship, you're going to be on the ball. Premier League, you're probably going to be off the yeah, ball more. Point. So, so yeah. I kind of, I, yeah. I did always feel like sure. that Pearson weirdly might get more minutes in the Premier League. I yeah. don't think he's going to randomly start games, right. but also with this system where Lerma can move back, Pearson yeah. could then do the Lerma role. Yeah. It's a weird one, but I think Ben Pearson is suited to a, a, a team that are scrapping mm. rather than a team that mm-hmm. want to dictate the play. Remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm glad Pearson's still in the mix, and mm. I, I think he, he could be. You know, I think he could play a part. And then our attacking midfield, Phil Billing, Junior Stanislas when he's fit, of course, Emiliano Marcondes, David Brooks, whenever he'll be back, Ryan Christie, Joe Rothwell. Uh, that seems to be all right, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, they're all players, they all seem quite versatile players, I would say, as well. Yeah. Um, so players that can, that can Pre- move around. Premier League experience there with Phil Bill, Stanislas and David Brooks, of course. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've all got Premier League experience, which is which is which is key, I think. Yeah, like I said, I think there's a lot of versatility in there. A lot of them can drop deeper. A lot of them can move to wide positions if needs be. Yeah, they can all kind of be quite flexible amongst each other and all rotate. You know, you can go Bill and Rothwell can kind of change roles, and Christine come inside and go out. So, a lot of flexibility, a lot of options there. And yeah, I don't think that's a that's a role that we really need to to look at too much. I quite yeah. like it. I mean, Phil Bill kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, really, for yeah. me in terms of in terms of his quality when he's awesome. really on it. Um, plus he's really tall. Plus he's really <laughs> tall. Yeah, uh, Junior. Uh, you know, he's, we know he's had injury problems. When he's fit, he's incredible. He is incredible. Probably one of the best players we've ever had. Marcondes doesn't really get a fair crack of the whip, if you ask me, because yeah. when he comes in, he always does really well, and then he seems to be dropped. Brooksy, obviously, we know. You know, in terms of what's been going on with him last year, and he needs. He's got a way to get fit. Um, some people are saying whether he's targeting you know, potentially a World Cup call-up or not, I don't know. And then Christie and Rothwell, relatively new, aren't they, both of them? Um, but the, the thing is with those, apart from Phil Bill, goals has been a, is an issue. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, um, like Tiggs was saying, Stanislas, we all know what he can do, but injuries, we all know what Brooks he can do, but obviously the situation with him. So then you're going, Rothwell's still very un- unknown. Obviously, he's a new signing for us, but you went to the stats there and assists were good, goals not so much. Ryan Christie, what I think was a revelation, he was brilliant and particularly off the ball. Did he get many assists and goals? No. no. Um, when Billing was in the Premier League before, did he get many goals? No. He had a good season last season and no. to be fair to him, when he was in the Premier League, he was playing a lot deeper. So yeah. he will be playing Truth. a lot higher up. Marcondes, I don't see getting enough minutes. So that's the only Warriors. I think when we went up before, I was thinking about this the other day, and when we went up before, obviously we had Callum Wilson and uh, we had Dom Solanke, then kind of, you can go, yeah, yeah, that's one for one. But we also had Jan Kermigan, Brett Pittman, obviously he didn't actually stay with us. Um, Harry Arter, I think, got nine. Mm. Pugh and Richie got double figures. Yeah. You know, and there was, there was goals was a, everywhere. There was there. goals everywhere. Yeah. And, and not so much. So maybe we might try and bring someone in that can that can add to that. But 
yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to see what Billing could do in that advanced role in the Premier League because I know a lot of people say when he's been in the Premier League, he didn't really cut it, but he's yeah. playing deeper. So let's see. But I, Billing has got the quality. He has got the quality. In terms of Emiliano Morcondes, why, why do you think Brentford got rid of him and we haven't? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is interesting, isn't it? I think... He was out of contract. He was out of contract there, yeah. And yeah. They, maybe they were kind of re, reshuffling the squad around in terms of what they thought they'd need for Premier League football. Yeah. Because we know that you know he's when he came to us, we were excited because he's he's done it in the championship. Because there's always players that dropped it. I think it was Benjamin Bloom on our transfer deadline day show. Yeah. And I think he was getting into a debate with Neil Dawson. Yeah. And he asked him, you know, there's always this for, for teams that get promoted for the yeah. championship. Which players are gonna you know drop down a division yeah. when you get promoted to the Premier League? And yeah. I did think that he could be one of them, but it, yeah. you know, just the way it shapes. Well, he could still be. be well, he could yeah, still be. True. I mean, look, you know, we've got we've got a, a really hard August, a really hard August, you know, and beginning of September, and that may well shape very, you know, obviously what the squad is going to be, what the team is going to be going forward until they need to make their decisions on uh, transfer deadline day when they actually submit the squad. So. It could well be that if he doesn't get minutes in that time, he might want to, you know, want to hang about. Yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll be gone in January personally, whether it be a loan or a, or a departure permanently. I don't, just don't see him getting the minutes. I don't think he got enough for what he potentially warranted in the, yeah. in the championship. But this has happened before. And he's his stats were probably good. They were yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look they at were. in terms of goals yeah, and assists. And just, and I just changed yeah. games to be honest. Yeah. With you. But yeah. I think, and we could probably say the same about Jamal Lowe. We'll come on to. But I think with I, I'm. So I reckon he's not been made available because if he was, if you're a championship club, I've said this on previous shows, he was at Brentford, they got promoted, he went to Bournemouth, they got promoted. If you're a championship club, you're going, mm. he's been there a day, be great for the dress. I always remember Tommy Elphick going uh, to Villa. As soon as Di Matteo yeah. went there, he thought, God, this guy knows how to get promoted. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's key. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if in January he went to a team that were kind of knocking on that promotion door and they thought, oh, yeah. we'll get him to the end of the season, it'll be good experience and backs up with numbers with goals and assists. But... Mm. Don't see him getting enough enough minutes, mate. But I don't think we'll necessarily strengthen in that area. But there's certainly other areas, as we've alluded to, that will we'll yeah, need more. more yeah. yeah, and forwards then. So Dom Solanke, Jamal Lowe, Kiefer Moore, Jaden Anthony, Sariki Dembele, and then Christian Sadie. Obviously, he was out on loan. He's, he's listed on the AFCB.co.uk website. <laughs> Happy with that? Strengthen? Or well, look, I mean, look, we, our system is going to be pretty much you know dom ups up front and that and then either two behind him or two out wide of him now the the problem with that is and i think these players you know great players but um none of them are dom solanke so when you take dom solanke and this is the conversation we were having constantly last year you take dom solanke out of that team you haven't got a light for light dom solanke to plug back in so you have to change the way that you then play. And I think that's what we've got in our, in our forwards. We've got very different types of mm. players who all do different types of jobs, which is great to have the versatility. But in terms of a squad, would that become a problem maybe? Mm. Potentially. I think Dom's obviously the main man. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, to caveat, I think if you said, well, we need someone to compete with Dom, you go, you are not getting anyone better than Keith Moore that's happy to sit on the bench. True. I think, oh, obviously, a lot different level, but I think Tottenham have always struggled with it. Like They've always had Kane, yeah. and then when he's out, they just put Son up front. Yeah. Because they yeah. go, because who the hell is going to go there? Because they know they're sat on the bench. Yeah. And, every, and a striker that we could attract would know they'll be second fiddle. And I think yeah. you're not going to get a better second fiddle than Kiefer Moore, and a good plan B option as well. Yeah. With yeah. 
with you know his height and his, his physicality as we saw in, in plenty of games at the back end of last season. I think ideally, if I was being, um, yeah, if I, if I really wanted to you know, kind of get anyone we wanted, I'd, I'd like another wide option. Yeah. But we don't look like we're maybe going to play like that. Yeah. I just think, as we kind of said when we were talking about the attacking midfielders, Christy, Anthony, Dembele, is there many goals? I mean, that's three wingers there that mm. I don't see many goals in the Premier League. So Anthony might provide. Maybe, but it's a big step up for him yeah, to play in the Premier League. So I think, yeah, I think maybe a, a, a winger that could provide goals could low do it. Potentially, he's done that in the Championship, but it's a big step up for him. He's another one like Mark Conner's mould that I think yeah. he got to January and he barely had any minutes. He might want to drop down the Championship, mm. but there's a few things we need to do, and there's a few things I definitely think we will do, though. Brilliant. That was myself, Tiggs and Tom. And it's fair to say that we are short in certain departments, but with Tavernier now over the line, hopefully this is a good thing for the future. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the floodgates now open with signings. I mean, I'm not expecting it. But that's what I'm hoping. But look, uh, we've got a squad that's got Premier League experience. And whilst we are threadbare in some positions, it's uh, it's going to be one that's going to be absorbing, let's put it that way. Maybe not that enjoyable. We'll see. But anyway, it's not going to be quite the same as the last time we were in the Premier League. That point in time, we stuck to our guns. We played the same way. We entertained the league. This time, I don't think it's going to quite be like that. But... What are 10 things that Premier League fans of other clubs might expect from AFC Bournemouth this season? Let's find out. This video is all about what you can expect from Bournemouth this season. So if you're a fan of another club, you might want to take note. So we've got 10 things the Premier League should expect to see from AFC Bournemouth in 22-23 season and the first of which, Tom, mm. seems to be a bit of a shape change at the back. Yeah, it looks like a back five, doesn't it? That's what we're anticipating. Um, probably wouldn't have thought we'd be saying this when the last season ended. But, you know, having said that, I'm not going into it kind of really frustrated about a change of system because I've said a few times off air and I was chatting to Tiggs about it that he's got that experience with Fulham, Scott Parker. And they went down. Yeah. So he must be... He's got good experience in the sense that, right, what what did I do wrong? What do I need to change? And he's obviously looked at that. And certainly we're going to have a lot less of the ball. And maybe he's, he's looking at that as an option. Maybe he's looking at the fact that we don't have a, a great deal of centre-halves at, at the moment. And we do have another body there. It allows the, yeah. allows the wing-backs to get forward, etc. Cetera, et cetera, that I'm sure we'll go on to. But yeah, it looks like a change of system. Um, expecting that back five slash back three. But certainly three centre-halves to be playing, um, which hopefully will make us harder to break down off the ball. But yeah, if you're an opposition fan, you look at us from last season where we rarely played that. Yeah. I expect expect a change there. And something we rarely played in the Premier League when we were last in the Premier League. Yeah. We never did it, did we? Unless we played like Man City. Yeah, yeah. and he would sometimes change. He'd like it? stick an extra man in the middle there at the back, mm. wouldn't he? But that that's it. So it's not something that, you know, if you, if you played against us last season... Uh, Premier League fans, you, you probably, well, not last season, last time in the Premier League, not something you'd really expect from us to play in that kind of way, but definitely seems to be the way that our pre-season is heating up to, to look. But I thought that teams that change their style and change their formation when they get promoted to the Premier League generally fare worse than what they do if they stick to their philosophy, aka when we first went up, like Brentford, etc. Yeah, yeah. Could this be a dangerous thing to do? 
It could be a dangerous thing to do. It depends on how much it changes. Now, in reality, what we're saying is we're going to take one of our central midfielders and we're going to pull them back, yeah, aren't we, mm-hmm. into a defender role, which we have been sort of yep. t- playing with last season. We've set our preseason, but I think in terms of principles, in terms of the way that we play with the ball, yep. in terms of keeping the ball, in terms of like keeping the, uh, you know, I won't go into too much. It will spoil the, the, the other numbers coming up. But the way that we play football, I think, pretty much stays the same. It's mm. just the shape of the team that changes. Yeah, mm. agreed. And I think if, if if any if any Premier League fans are expecting the same Bournemouth they had last time, you're not going to get that. We've got a different manager. We've got a, you know completely different you know squad and you know way of playing. And mm. I, this is one of them one of them things. Really, I think we'll go into it with a slightly different system. Point number two, then, with this in mind, Tom, we've got down as a point mid-game formation flexibility, something that perhaps we we maybe didn't have last time in the Premier League as much. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. We we kind of went in that with that four four two four four one one, and that yeah. was kind of the way we played, and it was kind of last last gasp if we changed anything. But with this change in system, Tig mentioned it there. If we're gonna if we're gonna drag a, a midfielder into that back three, potentially a Jefferson Lerma, for example, it's quite natural for him to then move just move a few yards and get back into that defensive midfield yeah. role I think actually there were, was a game last season Swansea uh, rings uh, rings a bell at me in the home game mm. where we started really poorly and he moved Lerma back yeah. because we were struggling in wide areas and, and made our fullbacks wing backs so we ended up winning 4-0 yeah. and he could move him back and, and Lerma could do that equally kind of on that right side you know Smithy's got the experience players as a right centre back but then if we wanted to stretch him out we could do that We've got players like Ryan Christie ahead of him that can play on the right wing but are not really a winger, comfortable moving inside. Mm. So we've got a lot of flexibility there. Billings played deeper, but then he's shown that he can do it further forward. Yeah. So we have got a lot of flexibility in the roles and we're bringing in players that, that have got versatility and means we can move around. And, and, and Scott has shown that. He did show that in the Championship. Yeah, it wasn't. we didn't overdo that three at the back a lot, mm. but there were always in-game little tweaks. Um, and I think you could expect to see that. I think um, we've got a lot of players that, that can fill in loads of different roles. So you could see a lot of changes mid-game, I think. Mm. 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 OK, so Tiggs, we've got players starting the season in unconventional positions. And that's what we're seeing in, in some of the friendlies yeah. so far. And Tom alluded to it there. Jefferson Lerma being pulled back into yeah. a position that's deeper than he was. Phil Bill in the Bristol City friendly at least um, you know started the game much deeper in that mm. almost a double pivot with Lewis Cook we could be seeing a bit of that yeah I think I think you know my opinion is or the way that I've seen things go is that Parker expects players to be able to play in more than one position mm. he tries players out in lots of positions and he says look you know wherever you're playing on the pitch these are the principles that I expect you to stick mm. to anyway and do you think the signings that we've got maybe you know, back that up, compound that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at Fredericks, we know that he can play uh, probably either uh, on either side, potentially, but definitely uh, anyway, up and down that kind of left. And then you've got also um, uh, Rothwell, he can play in a number of positions. So yeah, definitely. And if, you know, Tavernier as well is another one you can play on the left mm. or in the centre. So you know, adaptability is key, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we saw that a little bit last season, didn't we? You saw some of the signings, Christie, winger that can play inside quite comfortably yep. low yeah. that can play up top but could play off either side he brought him in he even brought Campwell in for a short term loan who could play wide played in the hole so he certainly likes players as Tig said to as long as you know the philosophy as long as you yeah. know the way of playing you should be able to fill in a few roles and I, I like that I like that because it as as we said uh, it can it can mean you can change things and it also means that 
yeah, it might look unfamiliar, but these players are getting work to be able to do a lot of a lot of different roles during the game. So yeah, that that could be a good thing, I'd say. Point number four. Last time when we were in the Premier League, do you remember how exciting we were to watch? We were gung ho. If you score three, we'll score four. That happened. At, that happened at West Ham. Mm. This time though, I'm guessing. It's going to be a bit more pragmatic, a bit more patient, a bit more conservative. There's not going to be too much. I, Bournemouth got tagged with the brand exciting yeah. and thrilling to watch. This time, maybe not so much. Yeah, I mean, Parker as a player was, was reasonably conservative, wasn't he? And in, disciplined. In, disciplined in his approach and that's his expectation. So uh, it's not... And this is what Fulham fans will tell you, to be fair, as well, is that it's about, you know, holding on to the ball and taking your chances when you get them, but, you know, not, not diverting too much from what is expected in, in terms of that system. So, yeah, a very pragmatic, very patient, very conservative approach. We started to develop, I know that we're looking at probably a formation change, but we started to develop this kind of horseshoe shape, didn't we, yeah. at the end of last season, where you kind of knew where everyone would be because you're, you're passing the ball around there, passing the ball around there, waiting for that opportunity, waiting for that opening, uh, which in the championship we were able to take which is fantastic I think it's uh, I think like you said Sam yes we were looked at as exciting and thrilling to watch under Eddie in the Premier League but equally we were also called naive when we got, uh, yeah. got beaten and I think it's it's the world of a football fan we, I remember I mean obviously adored Eddie but I remember a few seasons into the Premier League people going yeah it's good to watch but we need to be a little bit more organised and disciplined and harder to beat and now we are like that mm. everyone's going yeah but we need to be more exciting so <laughs> yeah. you know let's not be too thinking about it I think you it's very I think this is just proving how when you're not one of the big boys it's very hard to get the balance mm. and we've had two managers that yeah very different but you know we we done well under Eddie and we enjoyed it but equally there were times where you thought oh we're a bit open here mm. and it's going to be the reverse of that but I think if there's any other Premier League you know, fans watching that aren't bored, if you don't expect I said it earlier don't expect it to be the Eddie it's mm. probably almost going to be the opposite but we were a lot of the time I remember on match of the day in different places called yeah. naive when we get a thump in now and again and too open and I don't think we'll be that so it's just going to be the other side of it it's going to be weird because I think last time when I went up when we went up I thought are we going to concede too many? And now I'm thinking, are we going to score enough? Very yeah. different, but um, yeah, interesting. interesting. Our transfer policy, point five, is going to be very different to what it was last time. Tiggs, last time, Nathan Ake for nearly 20 million or whatever it was, and yep. then Jefferson Lerma for 25 slash 30 million. This time round, you get the sense that that's not going to happen. Now you get the sense that that's not the priority anymore. I mean, I think under Eddie and... Um, you know, Max and Devin definitely wanted Premier League football that at all costs. So, mm. you know, you strengthen the squad, you spend the money and you make sure that you're in the Premier League the season following. That seems to have drifted away from that. We've got other things we want to spend our money on but now. Isn't that weird, though? Because I thought it was Eddie that was the one always pushing the legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's under Parker that the legacy is actually being built in terms yeah. of the training ground. And that's blamed as one of the reasons why we're not going to be ploughing in lots and lots of money into individual signings. Yes, you know, Tavernier for 10 million is a lot, but you could say that that's offset by his age because young players, young English players, do seem to go for a lot, but they retain their value as well. I think, as well, our owner. I won't get into it too much. There's other videos you can watch about this. We've done lots. Uh, has pumped quite a lot of money into our football club already. There's got to be a limit to which you go, do you yeah. know what? I don't think I want to pop any more in just yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, he, he did a great job with us, or we did a great job in the January transfer window to kind of just get us over that line and make sure we definitely got promoted without any worries. So I think if there was a uh, potentially January, if we're in a situation where, look, you know, we're not far from safety yeah. here, 
all we need to do is spend, you know, a little bit more money and we can maybe, you know, assure our yeah. safety in the Premier League, then I think he'd do it. But I think he now is a bit more pragmatic, a little bit more conservative, a little bit more thoughtful in the way that he's going about things and the way that we spend our money as a football club. Okay. So I think the two and two come hand together. It's probably one of the reasons why we we sort of courted Scott Parker for so long because we wanted him when he was full of manager, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the points we mentioned that it, you know he's good. He's a good man manager with the younger players. Like he's an advocate of the youth, and that's where it could be: youth loans, freebies, and like we say, low risk transfers. Tom. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think like this legacy. I think we we all want the kind of the training facilities and and things like that. We need to have something to show for it a little bit. Of getting to the Premier League, and I, I do feel, you know, I don't want it, I don't want it to sound too negative, but it does, it does feel a little bit more like, right, we've got Scott. Have you got a squad that can compete? Yeah, but it's going to be tough. But if we were to go down, but we've done a bit on the train of city, could you bounce back up? Do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, we'd be one of the top boys. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we might have to take a step back and then bounce back again. Mm. Maybe. Um, because put it this way, if we were to go down, even if we lost some key players, mm. we should have a squad to go straight back. Um, and you know Burnley have Burnley done that very successfully for example I know Norwich are very bouncy um, so yeah it might be looked at that a little bit and maybe before once we had a few seasons in the Premier League maybe we sat back a little bit and thought yeah. God with the Messiah and Eddie and, and we're just going to keep growing and you know it doesn't always work like that but yeah I do, I do think we're going to go a little bit more low risk when it comes to splashing cash mm. I'll stick with you for the next one Tom point yeah. six high press we've got mm. but do we do that? The high press? I think we certainly tried to do that. Um, I think there was a number of goals last season that I can think off the top of my head that were initiated by a high press of teams, us, us included, like to play from the back, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, and, you know, you, you want your players to initiate that right. As soon as they play off the keeper and start playing out, Dom go. Yeah. I think last season it was more Dom go, Jaden go, yeah, Phil yeah. Billing go. Um, and there were a lot of goals that, that we nicked the ball off centre-halves and mm. stuff and, and managed to break on them. And... Uh, yeah, I like to think we'll still still do that. We've got a lot of uh, younger, energetic players that I think like to play on that front foot, and you can you can nick the ball off teams. I think a lot we're not going to be the only team that do that, but I certainly think that's something that we've always tried to do. Be yeah, be very high press in, in the foot. Don't don't let the transitions come onto you. You don't want them to play a couple of passes and they're in on your back back four slash back five. You want to be able to try and nick it off them high up the pitch. And I think we always felt Billing in particular. Would try and do that, and even though he was a central midfield player, he was virtually when they were playing from the back, he'd virtually be alongside Dom trying to initiate that. So, I think we'll, we'll definitely try and do that if we can and push everyone up the pitch when the opposition have got the ball. Um, and if they break that, if they you know, because that's going to happen now and again, if they break that press, then that's where your, your free center offs can drop a bit deeper and yeah. you can you know try and try and organize yourselves, organize yourselves like that. But yeah, I think I think we'll certainly certainly try and try and continue with that with that press. I like to think so anyway. So point seven is about the natural width that we've got in the squad and the fact that the change of formation might takes lend to the fact that we we could have more. So for instance, the wing backs will be utilised a hell of a lot and there's there's gonna be a lot of pressure on the likes of Jack Stacey or Adam Smith or Fredericks if he's over that side, yeah. and also Jordan Zimmer on the left hand side to be bombing up and down. Yeah, I think in attack, definitely. I think that that'll definitely be the way that Look, we look to go is to kind of release those players and make sure that they um, they're able to use their pace and they're able to you know whip balls in or well actually probably pass balls in uh, and, and cut inside because um, there was you know that was a, a big sort of favour of Parker early on was you know players who can once they get up cut in because uh, a lot of our our players will be in the centre of the field probably yeah. more than likely but then on the other hand 
that is then going to cause us a problem potentially in defence in that we're going to have a lack of width in defending yeah. players that, that come down yeah. at us. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think I think Tiggs is right and I think the, the wing-backs are certainly going to be asked to provide the width because I think looking at our squad, particularly if you're not a, not a Bournemouth fan, we haven't got natural wingers if we were talking about it. I think Dembele and Anthony... Yeah, probably about. I mean, you know, mm. Chris can play wide. Dallas has to play wide. Brooks can play wide. Are they natural wingers? No. Mm. Um, so, but is someone like a Jordan Zamora an absolute, you know, engine? And Jack Stacey, the engines that can get forward, yes. And maybe he's thinking they 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 could provide that width, and having that back free mm. can mean that we can we can allow that a little bit. It might even be that. A lot of people have done it with that kind of elbow tactic. If you have the, if Zamora were to bomb on, yeah, down that left side, Smith tucks in yeah. on the other side, and it yeah. kind of all goes like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of that. I think the Bristol City game in particular. I think Zamora was, you know, his his heat map and stuff. He's so far forward. He's virtually yeah. ahead of Solanke. So they're going to be used the width, and that's because I think in attacking areas we're going to be quite narrow. We've got Rothwell, Billin, Lewis Cook, Christie. They're all quite compact and. Mm. And I think, you know, I think you were saying, Tiggs, that the Fulham were, were very similar. Yeah. And they had Sessegnon with, with Parker, who would be that yeah. Zamora, um, if you like. And then in the middle of the pitch, they try and be quite compact. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if we try and go up the Dom Solanke and then that's the that's the key of right wing-backs go, mm. um, potentially. So, yeah, we haven't got natural wingers. It remains to be seen if we sign any more before the season starts. But for now, I think the width is probably going to come from them wing-backs. Point eight of what you can expect from AFC Bournemouth this season. We play from the back with pace in attack. I won't finish that song. But yeah. that is what we do. It's the patient approach. Yeah, I mean, when we say pace, we don't necessarily mean fast pace. <laughs> uh, but yes, there is definitely a, a pace in our attack. It's a little bit, you know, slow, slow, fast, fast, slow. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. This this is kind of linking into um, recruitment as well, though, because we, we do need to strengthen a little bit at centre-back in order to play in this way. But we, it seems to be that this is Parker's preferred way of doing things, is that he wants his defenders to come forward the ball and, you know, and, and the central backs, the centre-backs to be able to you know play with their feet and, and pass the ball out to the midfield for them to then collect and move on. So it's definitely the way that we expect us to see us play, recruitment pending. Yeah, I think it's it's also, you know, you play from the back and then you have someone like uh, Lewis Cook, for example, to drop deep and get yeah. it off the centre-halves and we go from there. Rather than kind of, I think some teams maybe go wide and come in, we like to, yeah, gradually set it up from the back and trust me, we're quite comfortable with going to a centre-half and then going, is the option on? No, we're going to the other centre-half. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll go back to the other centre-half. But I think uh, that that's we're not the only team. A lot of teams are, are going with that approach now. I think Pep was probably one of the first to really bring that in. And goalkeepers now in particular... I think uh, we spoke on previous shows about we've maybe tried to upgrade the, the goalkeeper mainly on f on the feet. Feet, yeah. But Travers has shown that he can do that now. I think that was probably the thing that was lurking over him a little bit. But he's always told to play from the back. And yeah, there's a lot of responsibility on Lloyd Kelly to, to mm. start attacks, which is not always the case for a lot of teams. But we certainly rely on our centre-halves to kind of start attacks. Which might be why we're seeing one of our, our midfielders exactly. be dropped back. Yeah. Jefferson Lerma, who's very comfortable. comfortable. You know, he could play in that position as well, potentially. Yeah, what, what, one of my concerns, which was answered by your previous point about what, what do you call it, the elbow sort of... Elbow tactic. Yeah, yeah. the elbow tactic. And that's what, when, say, Jordan Zamora on like one of the sides was going forward, yeah, they pulled across. I thought that having three at the back, it would a bit, be a bit too congested to play this kind of yeah. like, you know, tiki-taka stuff. But it's quite spread out, you know, depending yeah. on where the ball is. So I'm looking forward to like seeing it. The only concern I have is the the personnel that we've got yes. 
you know, Lloyd Kelly, I'd say he's okay. okay on the ball, but then some of his partners defensively have shown that they can have a mistake in them. And, you know, that is always my concern. Yeah. You, like, you have to have players that are confident. You know, oh, like to play that way, you've got to be confident on the ball. But I'd, I'd, al- I'd also say players that, that play in that role and, and play for that, they've, they're always going to make the on mistake because they're exactly. it's, it's very brave for a set. Yeah. The old school yeah. centre-half would never... Yeah, just be, and, I mean, John Stones is known from playing at the back and making errors. You know, and that's no... You know, I always thought it was Mets. True. Chris Meppham, who obviously might start the season for us, Yes, he's made a lot of errors, but that's because he's very brave. You very rarely see Chris Mepham kick the ball long. Yeah. So I think that's why Eddie originally brought him in and why Scott's trying to use him, because he, he will try and do that and he will try and get you up the pitch um, and he will take risk. And yeah, of course that's a risk, but it's a calculated risk because of the way you want to play. But as you said, mate, I think you know we'll look from the goalkeeper, but the, the wing-backs will probably go when you know Mark Travers has the ball in goal. They'll, they'll go and they'll yeah. try and stretch us and it'll be more the back three, Lewis Cook dropping deep, we'll play from there. Um, and see what happens. But yeah, we personnel-wise, maybe we need a few more bodies back there that, that are a bit more natural at it um, to, to help us. But I'm sure that's what we'll be working on. Mm. Point number nine, what can you expect from AC Bournemouth? It'll be our striker, Dom Solanke, to be, to be dropping quite yeah. a bit deeper than some people might expect. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I mean, that's he's a linchpin. I can't really put it any differently than that. I think he's just, you know, everything good goes through Dom Solanke. And... Um, you know, he has been almost solely responsible for quite a few goals that, you know, uh, he started and finished. Oof. So he, he does he does a little bit of everything for us um, and we need him. Uh, and, and because of that, he has to drop deep. He has to get involved. He needs to start off the play quite often. But then, of course, he pulls the defender with him. So it creates space and it works for us. Yeah, no. And we, we were saying that, you know, Scott before with, with Mitrovic, I know there's a lot of talk about it that, you know, <laughs> why didn't he use Mitrovic? And I think that's probably the reason. And this is not me having a dig of who's better or whatever Mitrovic is a hell of a striker but he doesn't do that side of the game as much dropping deep um, and obviously he proved last season and in teams that you know work to his strengths he doesn't need to but in the way no. that Scott wants to play and, and the players that we've got he needs Dom to drop off and I've had so many chats about how good Dom was last season and people go oh yeah because of all the goals he scored yeah but he wasn't even playing he was playing as a yeah. false nine yeah. it's unbelievable how he got 30 goals in all competitions because he, he was rarely up top as a natural nine so I think what's key is if you have a player that's dropping that deep one, obviously, you need to get wingers, wing-backs far forward. But you also need a midfield player that can get beyond. Yeah. And last season, we had Billing doing it so well. Really and well. what I will say is this season, as much as we've maybe not strengthened as much as we thought, maybe we're hoping Rothwell could also do that. And that's another player that can do that. Mm. You need players that can get beyond. If you've got strikers that drop deep, you've got to have players that can get beyond. Go to England in tournaments. Harry Kane likes to do that. Yeah. Sterling's got... For Tottenham, Son's gone. You, Kane's irrelevant if you've got no one going in behind. Yeah. Um, I think West Ham also done it as well with Antonio dropping deep and Bowen going. You've got to have someone that can go in beyond. Otherwise, Dom's coming short, but there's nowhere to go because your striker's out of it, so you've got no one in behind the defenders. But sometimes it can it can be a detriment because you've got no focal point, but equally, it can also pull defenders here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Defenders are much much more happy to just sit there and stand on a, on a centre forward. Yeah. He will take that position, but... Dom's asked to do a hell of a lot in me, so hopefully we get another season of, of him with no injuries, mate, because yeah, I do so. worry about that. And that links in with our point number 10. One of the final things you can expect is Bournemouth to actually have a plan B, which yeah. is one of the criticisms we had during our last Premier League tenure, but there are many options, including sticking Kiefer Moore up there. Well, I mean, reverting to a four at the back, there's quite a few yeah, things we could do now to mix it up. I mean, the forward thing's interesting because it's like we we're just talking about, it just leads on so naturally. 
talking about Dom, and if Dom has to come off the pitch, you haven't got another Dom Solanke. No. But what you have got is a completely different type of striker in Kiefer Moore, mm. uh, who you know has been really exciting. And, and for us, you know, he's got us over the line. Let's you know, let's say that that signing was incredible in January, incredible. Um, so yeah, the fact that he got him, that he can do that, and he actually, you know, he, he plays some nice stuff with his feet as well. Let's not just think he's not a lump it to him yeah. kind of yeah. player. So he can he can do a lot of things. So that's really exciting. And also, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, this whole conversation is kind of focused around the fact that Parker likes to be able to change things throughout a game, mm-hmm. and we've got the personnel that can do that. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a plus point. And I think, like we like we said, there's there's no real natural replacement to Dom in particular so it means you have to change which means you've got a plan B but it also means you know without Dom Solanke a lot of things yeah. break down I remember that in the cup games were obviously the only time we rested him and it was before Kiefer was available we went Jamal Lowe who we know is a good player scores goals and there was no cup game we beat Yeovil but we weren't great yeah. uh, we lost to Boreham Wood yeah. and we got battered to Norwich because we never looked right because we had to change the whole way we played yeah. but we didn't have Kiefer Moore and I think Kiefer Moore allows us to change in a positive aspect yeah. in-game, in definitely. And I think you, we can look at reverse on Plan B, and um, we spoke in previous videos about a Ben Pearson, for example. Didn't play loads of minutes last season, but if we are hopefully in a good position where we're leading a game, he's a very good player to come on off the ball. Yeah. And I think we've got a lot of players that, that off the ball are, are very good and we can come on and, and change the game like that and we can kind of go, right, Billy, you've been great today. You know, you've helped us get this two-goal two lead. But right now... They're going to have a lot of the ball. Pearson, get on there, make yourself yeah, yeah. nasty, make it hard yeah. to break down. So there's that reverse side of it as well, where um, you know, defense, from a defensive point of view, we can be harder to break down uh, as well. And we can maybe tuck the, tuck the wing-back slash full-backs in. We can take Jay-Z off. We can move Smithy over there and just sit there. Yeah. Stacey can come on. So we, we have got options from a defensive point of view as a plan B as well. So that's definitely a positive. I think there's a lot of change in there. It's just getting... It's probably just making sure that that plan A yeah. is executed to the best. Yeah. You don't want to be changing too much, no. but it's nice to have that flexibility within the system for sure. Mm. Mm. So there we go. Ten things that you can expect to see from AFC Bournemouth this season. What else can you expect? Let us know. If you think... Hell of a stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the shed. R- raucous atmosphere. We'll bring out our Twitter bingo, I'm sure, at some point this season with uh, all the put downs that we get. Well, speaking yeah. of which, boys, how's, how's, your, how's your retirement going? Yeah, yeah, it's good. All mate. right. I mean, always come down in and retire. Been retired yeah. for 50 years now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. Well, I started early because I thought yeah. I'd yeah. stay in Bournemouth Valley. This is the place to retire. Yeah, apparently. apparently. So, yeah. yeah, that's all you need. But, um, yeah, I was just going to go to Brighton, but we've got real sound on our beach. <laughs> So there you go. Hope you enjoyed those two. What we're going to be doing throughout the season is we're going to be putting a few video pods and we're going to be making them exclusive on the audio pod first, but also vice versa as well. Who knows where to go first, the YouTube channel or the podcast, but I certainly hope you enjoyed that. And if you want to watch that video that you just listened to, then it will be on Tuesday. 
youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. The show that discussed our incomings and outgoings is already there. Plus, we've also got a vlog of Saturday's game against Real Sociedad plus the CBS fight as well. All there for you on YouTube. Myself and Tom on Tuesday, we're going up to Manchester for something very special. We'll be documenting that on our YouTube channel. Might even get a bit of audio for this very podcast too. But until next week, that's going to be when you hear either us all smiley and happy or perhaps we'll be fairly miserable or maybe it'll be a draw who knows but until then thanks for listening to back of the net the afc bournemouth podcast richie maybe on walker pew pew that'll do it that will do it pew for bournemouth Sports Social Podcast Network.